Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. As Key has told us. I don't know about that, but whatever, Greeny. But as you've said, lying is just part of the season right now, is it not? It it is part of the draft season. But to say that 32 teams will select, if they could, Trevor Lawrence, I don't know about I don't know that. Because everybody doesn't love Trevor Lawrence. Coaches and general managers, Zubin, some people got their own mindset and what they want as a player. Everybody does not like Bart Scott and Keyshawn Johnson. They have other linebackers and receivers that they like. That's just the reality of it. But at the top, you know the pressure is to take Trevor Lawrence. I don't know if you're at the top. Now, if it was a debate like at four or five about which quarterback you were going to take, then I think you know, it would be a real, a real decision to make. But at one, you're almost pressured to take who everybody believes you have to take. Indeed. When asked by the great journalist Peter King, Urban Meyer responded when they asked him about, hey, is there any real mystery to the whole taking Trevor Lawrence at number one instead of putting up the smoke screen or saying, hey, check back with me April 29th or we'll see a Thursday night in Cleveland? Meyer went with the quote to Peter. I'd have to say that's the direction we're going. I'll leave that up to the owner when we make that decision official, but I'm certainly not stepping out of line. That's certainly the direction we're headed. So if this is some sort of smokescreen. It's a smokescreen for the ages. The Jags have never picked number one overall, and after making this selection, they're probably hoping to not so pick Urban Meyer, one ever again. So Urban Meyer, Zubin, is going to allow the owner to make the decision? Oh, when have you words. ever known Urban Meyer to allow anybody, if you know Urban Meyer, I'm assuming you do. I do. To allow anybody to make any football decisions. I, I know Urban Meyer very well, and I've yeah. never known him to yeah. allow anybody to make football decisions but, but other the, than Urban Meyer. But the power structure in the, in the league is different. Oh, no, it's not, not with that guy? Not with him? This guy's a first-timer. Man, he hired the strength coach that had issues. What you mean? I understand. And, I understand. If, and, if, he, and if he didn't have blowback from people, that dude still would be on the staff. Yeah, but I'm sure it's going to be a collaborative effort. Could you oh, imagine, stop, man. Could, could, could you imagine when he sit there? I'm sure they're going to give the owner all the information. He's going to make, he's going to make a decision. He's not a first-time owner in sports. You know, he owns a, a soccer team as well. I'm I sure he's it. making decisions. Hey, I get it. When you're dealing with certain guys, Urban Myers, Bill Parcells's, Bill Belichick likes, Sean Payton's, Pete Carroll's, they're not listening to no owner tell them who to pick. So who's in control, the general manager or the head coach? The head coach is in control. Urban Meyer did not take the Jacksonville Jaguars job to listen to Trent Bolke. All right. To get information, but he's going to make I the mean, decision. I mean, he's new to it. I mean, listen. I, man, I'm t- he did not take that so, Jacksonville so, job to but listen it, to the owner tell him who to select. So you think if Urban Meyer believes that Justin Fields is the better quarterback, he can make that decision. I think 100%. That can be career suicide. He can, be, t- he can, he can put himself on a list. He can put himself on a list. It doesn't matter to him, no. He can put himself on a list of, of head coaches. Doesn't, doesn't matter. He who have not, come out of the college ranks and ran back to, the, to, to college. And that may be the case with or without Trevor Lawrence, Justin yeah. Fields, or any of them. But I'm just telling you, Urban Meyer didn't sign up for the Jacksonville Jaguar job to listen to Shaq Khan. I, I, he, he's going to sit down and talk to him about whatever it is that he needs to do. But ain't no way in hell you're going to sit here and convince me that Urban Meyer is taking all directions from Shaq Khan on how to build his football program. Yeah, but if you're saying it's close, if you're saying it's close, right? If you're saying that Phils and, and, and Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are close. Well, I ain't saying that. That's others saying it. Okay, well, others saying it, right? Like, at, at what point, you know, 
is the is the right decision. So if he goes to Lawrence, and maybe he, what if he doesn't believe that? What if he believes that hey, Justin Fields is the number one, is is our is our top pick? If if he believes that Justin Fields is the top pick, you think that he has the Kahuna's to pick him? Yes. No. You're talking about Urban Meyer. We're not talking about Matt Rule. We're talking about Urban Meyer. Zubin, Matt I mean, Rule, jump in here. Matt, Go ahead. This Matt, is your show too. Matt Matt Rule had um, NFL experience. Urban has zero. It's a different ball game out here. Matt Rule he can think he can a, swim with the Matt Sharks. Matt Rule didn't have the NFL experience at the level. He was a, a quality control coach. It's a it's a totally different situation. I did. Urban Meyer did not take the Jacksonville Jaguars job. To listen to the owner tell him who well, to select. If he makes that choice all by himself, he's, he's gonna be not, out no, there. He's no gonna be coach, out there on the plank by himself. No coach makes a decision all by themselves. He's certainly going to defer to the people that's in the building with him. So, if, but in the end, if he wants to pull the trigger on a player, so you telling he's me he's gonna pull the trigger? So you telling me he's over here by himself? Fields is the best. I want Fields, and everybody else in the organization is saying. If Lawrence, he, if he, he wants, he, he gonna pull the trigger. If he wants Fields or any other player for that matter in this draft, he will pull the trigger. He's not listening. Okay, he's the boss. He's the he is the boss of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He in in the order usually how it goes: owner, general manager, head coach. You're telling me a first time head coach. Urban Meyer took that job just because his title doesn't say owner or general manager. He's running the Jacksonville Jaguars, man. All right. All right. He didn't. This isn't one of those deals. This isn't. Urban Meyer didn't get hired by Les Snead. That it's not like that. It's not that type of situation. Urban Meyer took the job without a general manager in place because he was going to essentially sign off on whoever was going to work alongside of him. All right. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't come down to job titles. It's owner, see. GM, head coach. It's still Who? Mark. Go, go, go ahead. No, it's Mark Davis, Mike Mayock, John Gruden. Nobody believes John Gruden's working for Mike Mayock. Absolutely not. Right, it's the other A- way around. The other way around. Who do you think's running the Kansas City Chiefs? Andy Reid. Andy Reid, Big Red, is running the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, but wasn't Dorsey running it before that? And guess where Dorsey's at? Yeah, but Dorsey, you know. Dorsey's at home. Because Andy Reid decided he's going to get me fired and sent him packing. All right. Real uh, quick this here. This is the reality of it. So everybody's saying you got to listen. you got to listen to what Meyer says. I want you to listen to what Jim McMahon, uh, last seen wearing that Roselle headband, I believe. <laughs> uh, so Jim McMahon telling 1252 Sports. Of course, he is the Bears Super Bowl winning quarterback, the Super Bowl shuffle, the 85 legendary team, the Monsters of the Midway, of his own city, Chicago, where he's a legend. Quote, I think it's where quarterbacks go to <laughs> die. Um, Key, it's hard to argue that point when you take a look at the number See, of people me. after Jim McMahon and those that have a uh, Lombardi. Uh, that would be nobody after McMahon. Sid Luckman, of course, well before they went to one. McMahon. They did indeed with Rex Grossman, for sure. But you're saying this isn't just one of those situations where it's this city that's just been cursed by bad quarterbacks. It's not about the quarterbacks. It's about the culture. It's much more of a systemic situation. It, it is. And when you look at it, the quarterbacks that have gone there, all of them ain't bad. They turn out to really be bad in Chicago because some of their other stops, they're serviceable guys that can actually play the position. I, I, I look at who are they hiring as their coaches. Mm-hmm. 
Like you had an opportunity to stay longer with Lovey Smith. You decided to part ways with him. Took you to a Super Bowl, much like you mentioned with Rex Grossman. You, you start to look at Coach Dicker was there. They won the Super Bowl. But then when you start getting into Dick Jerron in, in Wanstead. Defense. And then you go get Fox. Tressman and Fonts. Yeah. I mean, you just it, – it's like, well, come on, man. Right. Foxy. I mean, Foxy, you took Foxy well, he was, at the end. At the end of his coaching career, he was, he was pretty much going to the golf course. And you decided to bring him in. For what reason? Well, he still was a stabilizer. Like, when you think about tradition, we all know those coaches, right? They're good enough to just make your organization stable, and then you try and find somebody else. But they'll come fix it and get you organized the way you need to and build your team. You know, you think about 500 Fisher, right? We all call him 500 Fisher. He'll get you to 500. But if you're a team that's far below 500, he's the guy you go get to kind of fix it. Then you go get the genius once he's fixed it to kind of move forward. Now, Matt Nagy was supposed to be that answer, right? He was supposed to be from the Andy Reid tree. He's going to come modern modernize a team and organization traditionally had that has always been built on defense to try and modernize it to give them a bit of offense it didn't work out they, they thought they were trying to be the smartest people in the room and they were going to get Miss Trubisky instead of going to get uh Deshaun Watson or getting Patrick Mahomes and they outthought themselves which well, is you what had, your boy could be doing well first of all when Mitch Trubisky was drafted you had a defensive-minded coach in uh John Fox there, so they go up and get Mitch Trubisky. Although uh, the general manager uh, Pace. Was, Pace was in place, he still was listening to the head coach on who to draft, and so he made that decision. And they drafted Trubisky. But when you go and get a Matt Nagy, you're going to get a guy thinking that Matt Nagy's the guy. Matt Nagy wasn't calling the plays. The, Matt Nagy was had the title, and he would have input at times. But this wasn't Eric Bieniemy. This wasn't a guy actually sitting there from point A to point Z calling plays and games. So you got what you thought you were getting, but you got the wrong thing. And that's kind of where Chicago, in my opinion, continues to go wrong. They continue to hire the wrong coordinators and the wrong head coach and not necessarily understanding how to find the right quarterback, Zubin. There's no doubt about it. Right now, the Bears, according to Caesars, their over-under win total is? Sixth. Seven and a half. So they're giving them a little bit Spot more right. room. Remember, they were an eight and eight team last year. So they're not thinking they're going to be very much better. So are the guys, Key and Bart, going for that over or under seven and a half wins with the team hitting exactly eight last season? A reminder, we're presented by Progressive Insurance at Progressive. They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. The guys weigh in. Over, under, seven and a half for the Bears. We'll take your calls too. 888-ESPN. Give us your favorite team. We'll give you the over, under. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot And you tell us if your team will meet it. Simple, right? I know Key's not the biggest gambling guy in the world, but this one is easy. We'll hey, just, man, don't tell people what I am. <laughs> we'll just give you a number and we'll you associate the, You got the little very shot. You can't shoot overhand, though. With the underhanded free throw? Yeah. <laughs> We'll go over, under for these NFL teams. These are win totals, according to Caesars' William Hill, for the upcoming 2021 season. We spent our last segment talking about the Chicago Bears. Jim McMahon saying it's a place where quarterbacks go to die. I hope Andy (laughs) Dalton doesn't take that personally. So let's start in Chicago. We'll fire through, Key and Bart, some of these big-time teams that a lot of people are watching. Let's start with the Bears. Over, under, seven and a half wins in 2021. 21, they're an eight-win team last year. I would say that they're under. I, I would under. say that they're right under, you know, six, somewhere in that number. I, I just, they, they, it's just not going to work out. I'm going over. They're, this is a championship defense. Over. This defense is gangster. You know what I mean? They, they, they can stop the run. They can play the pass well. And I think uh, Robinson is a good enough receiver to give him something. Maybe Tariq Cohen comes back. And I don't believe that that man QB1 is going to be QB1. I believe they're going to make a trade for Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, a couple things real quick. I want to follow up on the Bears here. We'll rifle through the Cowboys, America's team, the Packers, the Pats, Kyler Murray, the Bills, the Ravens. Hang tight. We'll get to them all in a second. One thing that needs to be added is there's a slight caveat because of the 17th game now. Now you've got a little bit more of an opportunity to actually hit that win total. That has to be taken into account. It's not trying to win eight games in 16. You're going to have that 17th game. But, you know, that's just something to put out there for the future. The other thing is if they go six, you're saying six and ten, then we're starting all over again in Chicago. We have to be, right? Yeah, I, I would think so. The only way I'm sticking around with, with the coaching staff, the current staff, is i got to get a, make a nice run into the playoffs. I can't be backdooring into the playoffs and getting bounced in the first round. <laughs> playing tournament. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA playing tournament. No, the NFL playing right. tournament. Next up, the Cleveland Browns. Of course, last year off an 11-win season to the divisional round. This year, the over-under will be set. Expectations sky high, the highest they've ever been since they returned to the NFL in 1999. Over-under, Browns 10. I would say over. I, I think that, over. you know, not, not that this team, because they added Jadavion Clowney, all of a sudden they're the Super Bowl favorites and all that. I just think... Every single year, they're going to continue to get better under Kevin Stefanski in this system. Look what they did from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, how much better they got. Plus, on top of Davion Clowney, they'll be adding OBJ back into the mix. And when he's healthy, he's going to give them some more firepower on the offensive side of the ball. I just like where Baker Mayfield is going. I think they win more. I think it's right at 10. I think OBJ won't be on this team. When they can get rid of him, I think they will as soon as he clears his physical because they're a better football team without him. I think Baker Mayfield doesn't try and force the ball to him. I think you have to still take into account what the Ravens are in that division. Been, they've been the standard. I think they're going to continue once they get Stanley back you know, off an of injury to have their left tackle back. They make some additions in the other game. And you can't discount Pittsburgh. That defense is great. I know they lost Pouncey, but I'm going to go right at 10. I'm not going to go over 
Cowboys are almost right at 10. They're at nine and a half, Key. I say over. I think they're a 10 win team. Dak Prescott back healthy. We know what they have on the offensive side of the ball. Got to get the offensive line shored up. That division alone is not very strong. And I think Dak Prescott, if he's healthy, he'll, you'll see some of the same things that you saw prior to the injury. Ezekiel Elliott will be running the ball. The offensive line will be better. They got the receivers. Defense is shoring up with Dan Quinn taking over from Atlanta. I like them winning at least 10 games. I'm over as well. I'm, I'm, you, you hit the nail right on the head, Key. You know, Dan Quinn and the fact that he's – the easiest thing to fix is defense. Defense is all about effort and being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, that with that bend-don't-break type of defense, with that offense complementing, and you think if Tyron Smith and Lionel Collins can be healthy, then you're going to see the same offensive output that they had last year underneath Dak Prescott. So I'm going to go over. Packers over under 11. I would say over. I, over. I, I, don't, I don't see where they would win less games than they've won the last couple of years. And Aaron Rodgers has, you know, that chip on his shoulder always that for some reason we continue to keep talking about with these quarterbacks. Um, they just, you know, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. As long as you got Aaron Rodgers, you might win it all. And I think that they are putting themselves in a good position. I'm going to go over. A-Ron, a- I mean, you think they got the Lions within that division. He's not afraid of golf. I think you think about Minnesota. We don't know what Kirk Cousins is going to be. You know, they keep falling off the cliff. Are they going to be having receivers hating on them like he did a couple years ago? I think that Green Bay is just the um, standard in that division. A-Ron's a- going to, you know, do his, his farewell song as he rides off to the sunset like Shane the hero and leave these guys you know, with, with Jordan Love. So I'm going to go with over. Pats had nine losses last year. This year the win total has been set at nine over under. Over. Over. Retooled entire team, get some of their guys back. They were the one team out of every – better yet, Belichick and Josh McDaniel were the two guys out of everybody that believed that Cam Newton is the quarterback to lead them in this upcoming NFL season. They re-signed him. They've gone out and signed some players on the offensive side to give him some help. They love the tight end position. Imagine what they were with Aaron Hernandez along with Gronkowski when they had the double tight end set. And they're going to run the football. They're going to play defense. And they were three games away from possibly winning 10. So (laughs) why not? There were three losses away from – all right, man. I tell you what, I'm going to go over because I believe that the, the, the roster that they put in – and they, you know, listen, the Patriots will not beat themselves, but I think that they love Cam Newton so much that they gave him a one-year incentive-based contract. So that tells you how much they believe in him long-term and being their future answer at the quarterback position. But I think, you know, that their coaching staff is just too good, the organization is too good, and now their roster is just too good not to be right there in the mix as one of the better records in the AFC. You know, nobody had Cam Newton going back to the – Patriots at all after the season, right? You do understand. Well, that. he's just an insurance policy because they couldn't get nope. anybody. Nobody I, had I him did. going back. No, you I did. Finish that sentence. Except I no, did. I wasn't going to say except. I don't need to. I was just saying nobody believed that I, the Patriots liked Cam Newton, but see, they did. I, I had him going back, but I thought maybe Riverboat Ryan would be able to pluck him away because you think he can go into something that's very familiar with him. He's he's done more. For, for Riverboat Ryan than, than other uh, head coaches. And in the, the reason they only signed him to a one-year deal is because they wanted to sign other players. And on top of that, the new money for the TV deal is going to kick in. So he bet on himself oh. more so than the Patriots betting on him. Right. And there's who, also- else, who else was sued for Gab? I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just laying it out there. All right, we're going to see next year. Let's see, let's see what happens in that draft I, in that first round. I'm just how much they saying, love man. I'm just saying. I you know, I'm just saying. Right. He bet on himself, but I think the Pats are also hedging their bets because another year like last year, and they can't make this a multi-year deal. They just can't. No. Two years like this. Would you, be just exactly. 
Last one. Arizona Cardinals will put it right at eight in this new 17-game season. The Red Sea might come after me for this. Uh, I'm going to put them over. I really am. I I, I think that they are going to be that nine, ten-win team that looks good and run out of gas at the end. I'm going under. Under. Uh, you got to think, you know, that division is stacked. I think the Rams are the standard there. I think you look at, you know, potentially what a healthy San Francisco is going to be. And I think, you know, it's always a push match. You know, maybe they split with, with Seattle. So just to fight within the division is going to be tough. Has Kyler Murray maybe taken that step to be a leader, to be able to, to be a force multiplier? I don't know. He has the weapons. He has the roster. But he's going against some other tough quarterbacks within that division. Well, he's look, you say leader. I think he's a – me personally, I think he's got all the leadership qualities and skills he displayed in college. He's also displayed it in the I don't like his body years. language. I don't like his body language when they lose, man. I don't like his body language. I don't I mean, like, you know – That doesn't he, mean anything. He's slouching down in the seat. He's cursing. That, that means a lot. No, man, his teammates love him. They love him. So you mentioned it's going to be tough. Tough break for guys that got hurt. The ultimate what if in one second. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin coming to you from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. So we're asking this morning, based upon the retirement of LaMarcus Aldridge, you may have missed it after 15 years in the NBA. He's done. He's got an irregular heartbeat, wants to walk away, played nine years for the Blazers, played for the Spurs, and then obviously just a very short stint with the Nets after he discovered the irregular heartbeat. It just got us thinking, who in sports, if they could have stayed healthy, he or she, what if, what if, fill in the blank, what could have been? There are so many great ones coming through. I'm going to fire off some tweets that we've gotten. You can hit us up at KJZ, and then we'll get to some calls here in just a second. Our own colleague, Alan Hahn, going with Larry Johnson, Grandmama, and Amari Stoudemire. Dunny1221, this is a very popular one this morning. Grant Hill, Bobby Hurley, Jay Williams, three great Duke players, our own Jay Will. Andrew going with Brandon Roy, that's one that Bart had brought up. Bohm's 27, Grady Sizemore, the oft-injured baseball player for the Cleveland Indians. This is a great one. Bob underscore 15, 0, 15. Ken Griffey Jr., the kid. Doug going with Mario Lemieux. So again, whose career would we say what if had they just been able to stay healthy? I've been binging Longmire on Netflix. I watched three episodes yesterday. So in the <laughs> spirit of that, let's go to John in Wyoming. You're on ESPN Radio. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, good morning. So I would have to say most definitely it would be the great Sterling Sharp, wide receiver, Green Bay Packers. No, that's a good one. Choo-choo! Yeah, that, that, that is definitely a good one. He uh, one of my favorite receivers when I was growing up. Yeah, his, his career obviously was cut short because of the neck injury. Um, there's no question about it. He would have been one of those guys – with a yellow jacket had he stayed healthy. Yeah, I mean, you talk about 8,200 yards receiving in just, I believe, what, seven short seasons. That's, that's, that's rarefied air. That's almost 1,000 yeah, a, a clip. And I don't Matter think fact, he got to play with Brett, did he? I mean, Brett was there, but Mikowski was his quarterback, I believe. I don't know that he caught a pass yeah, from the Brett. The Magic Man. Yeah, Going I think, the, I think the Magic Man was his QB. I don't know that he caught a pass from Brett. Sean in Ohio, what you got? Nothing. Hey, Sean. Hello. Hello. How about John? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Sean. All right. Um, I was wondering if you guys remember the Alabama wide receiver Tyron Prothrow. Yes. He's still to this day. It's the best catch I've ever seen made where uh, it was caught, like 50 yards down the field. He caught the 
the ball on the defender's back. Yes, that's right. Tyrone but, uh, Prothrow, early 90s Alabama. You're right. You got a YouTube that if you uh, are no, unfamiliar. I don't, I don't know him. P-R-O-T-H-R-O. Early 90s, nobody was looking at Alabama, were they? Right. Alabama. Well, you know, it's kind of like that Stallings era when they won yeah, in 92. Yeah. There, was a, there was an incredible catch, what uh, Sean is referencing. And once again, this is radio, but for those of you that got the phone out and maybe even we can throw it up later, he literally caught the ball. So let's say you're on a defender. Me and Key are at each other, uh-huh. right? I'm looking at Key. Key's looking at me. I'm pro throw. You're the DB. Yeah. I'm running towards you. I catch the ball on your back. Yeah, yeah. We've oh. seen a couple of those. We've seen a couple of those. Yeah, back. yeah that, that happened at uh, UCLA-Stanford game. Somebody, a couple years ago, somebody did that, took it off their back, and it came down with it. Tyrone Prothrow, great, great reference there from Alabama. And uh, Evan just weighing in three seasons together for Favre and Sharp. So they did oh, have so some they did. Oh, okay. I yeah, I, I didn't remember that. Five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro. That's no, that's he was he was he was legit. Yeah, he, he was, was legit. Well, I'm a Lions fan, so I didn't. He I didn't was like legit. Choo choo. You remember the choo choo commercial? <laughs> Nike commercial. So we'll have our own Dan Orlovsky weigh in on this topic and his thoughts on the presumptive number one overall pick, who we all think is Lawrence, but Key is making the case you can never rule out anyone including Fields, because the ties are just a little too easy. With the first pick <laughs> of on, the 2021 come on, come NFL draft. Come on, son. The not, Jacksonville Jaguars come on, select. Come on, son. Trey Lance! Everybody be like, ah! <laughs> like, what is in Urban Meyer's cup? <laughs> but it would not be, like last year, would not be in his basement. It would not be in Roger Goodell's basement. We're going to do this thing, <laughs> and we're going to do it in Cleveland, Thursday, April 29th, on ESPN and ESPN Radio Dio with his answer on the way and all the Lawrence chatter based on some of the comments Trev made yesterday. That's all coming up right after the Sports Center update. We'll start in the WNBA. The Dallas Wings select the Texas Longhorn standout Charlie Collier with the top pick. She better get used to the state of Texas. She was in the NCAA tournament there in San Antonio. She played in Austin and now she'll be with the Wings, who were very busy at the top the top five of yesterday's draft. After she was drafted, Buckets. she was on the phone with Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio where they asked her about the pressure to perform in March knowing what was going to come on this night in April. I don't feel pressure. Uh, definitely no pressure there. I just feel like as a basketball player, you should be expected to perform on any kind of stage. It doesn't matter what kind of stage. Um, I feel like as a you know basketball player in general, you should just show up and show yeah. out. And anything that you do, but you know, I always go into games, you know, wanted to play my best and do my best, and um, just no pressure. Just got to play how I know how to play, and just stay calm and cool and collected. She'll be off to the WNBA. She's a true junior. You don't often see true juniors get selected number one overall. She's just the third one to do it, and get we'll some. see. Ugh. Next step of her career, WNBA. From the WNBA <laughs> to the NBA. Celtics over the Lakers, 121-113. Lakers had some fans back in the house last night, 1,915 <laughs> to be exact. Bart had his eye on uh, Celebrity Row there in the front row, just to make sure. I don't sure. think so. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Celtics almost blew a 27-point lead, and the bigger story may not have been the game key, even though these are the uh, two great NBA rivals, the Celtics and the Lakers. AD fully cleared for practice. Vogel says he could be back next week. Yeah, it'll give us a little boost. We'll see what happens. LeBron, of course, expected back in a mm. similar time frame as well. And, of course, when we're talking about LeBron, how can we not talk about Michael? Michael will serve as Kobe Bryant's presenter at the Naismith Hall of Fame I'm basketball. I'm happy for that, man. Yeah. That's great. Enshrinement ceremony. Each year, if there is a player that's going to be inducted posthumously, mm. 
as is the case, of course, with Kobe, the family can have the opportunity to choose a previous Hall of Famer to introduce their loved one. So in this case, the Bryan family choosing Michael Jordan, who will also have the speech who will allow Kim Mulkey in. It'll be the 2020 class and the 2021 class. The former, of course, didn't get in last year because of the pandemic, so it'll be double the pleasure this year for basketball fans in Springfield. Sports Center brought to you by Indeed. Indeed has the hiring tool called Instant Match, and it really lives up to its name. Just post a sponsored job, and Indeed instantly searches millions of resumes in their database to immediately deliver the candidates that fit your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. I love Alan Hine. I think this is much ado about nothing. The guy's been anointed the number one overall pick since he was at Cartersville High School in Lawrenceville, Georgia. If you're Baker Mayfield, if you're Joe Burrow, have a chip. Go ahead. You deserve it. Everyone overlooked you. Nobody overlooked Trevor Lawrence, but everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. I want to shout out the piece. If you're interested in looking at it, great writer Michael Rosenberg, Detroit area guy like Bart, wrote the piece. You can find it now online. Some really interesting quotes in there from Trevor and his father. Let's talk a little bit more about Trevor with our own quarterback, Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst. I'll get to Dan's got a chip. (laughs) Dan, I got to ask you, I mean, I guess you can go football. You can go anywhere else. And (laughs) we'll go to Trev here in a second. We're getting some great response this morning on our question on the what if in terms of athletes. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge retired from the NBA due to an irregular heartbeat. We've heard a lot of Bo Jackson's like, what if this guy could have stayed healthy? What his career could have been? Who you got there? You got a football guy? You got somebody else you'd weigh in with? Yeah, definitely Bo Jackson. I would throw Andrew Luck in there as well. You know, hmm. Andrew Luck retired, you know, maybe not just because of a, in a singular injury, but I do think one of the factors of Andrew Luck retiring was just getting beat up so much. And Andrew Luck was on this kind of trajectory in his career that he was going to be unbelievable. So I would put Andrew Luck right up there. But Bo Jackson has got to be at the top of the list. He would have played two sports and been unbelievable at it. Yeah, no, he, he's right. I didn't even think about Andrew Luck because he's so recent, you yeah. know, and he retired. It did. I didn't factor in all the And he seemed so peace with it, right? Yeah, he just yeah. Seemed peace yeah. With the whole and it wasn't like a, one single injury derailed yeah. his career. So Dan is co- correct on that. Well, let me ask you this, Dan. How surprised would you be if the New England Patriots made a decision to move up in the draft to go select one of those six quarterbacks that's hanging around. Yeah, yeah. First of all, Keith, good to see you back, man. Thanks. Uh, um, no, no, you know, and hope everything is well with you and your family, man. So it's good to see you back. Appreciate it. Um, I'd be shocked if they didn't, Key. I'd be shocked if they didn't at least try. I think at the, rea- the reality for New England is this. At the end of round one of this year's NFL draft, in their division, they're staring at Tua Tungavailoa, likely Zach Wilson, and Josh Allen in Buffalo. I mean, if they don't at least make the effort to go get a quarterback, you're looking at a decade of going, what are we going to do? Because you'll be at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to within your division at the quarterback position. And I think that's why they've got to at least entertain being aggressive. Then my mind goes to, well, it's not going to be the AFC teams. I can't imagine an AFC team, Cincinnati at five or Miami at six, being like, come on, guys, you come get your quarterback and you guys can run the conference for the next decade as well. I go to like seven with Detroit, eight Carolina, 10 with Dallas or 11 with the Giants and go in NFC teams where, are, where they're positioned for New England to potentially go get a quarterback that they really want. Now, reading into Coach Belichick's comments, 
He didn't say that, you know, like any player that they would be interested in going to get. He was talking very specifically where those guys are ranked when it comes to their board. And I don't think they're going to be aggressive for any quarterback just because one of those five may fall. It has to be the, five, the, the one of the five that would fall. The guy that they have ranked as the fourth or fifth on their board falling to that seven, eight, nine slot in that NFC world. And then the last factor is this, Josh McDaniels. Because Josh McDaniels, for a long, long time, called plays and had a really good offense with a certain style of quarterback. A quarterback that ran the line of scrimmage and was not mobile and they didn't utilize quarterback athleticism. And then for one year he did with Cam Newton. And it didn't go well. Now granted, Cam got COVID and the play dropped off and they weren't very talented. But Josh McDaniels might walk away and go, didn't like it. I didn't like the getting in the rhythm as a play caller. I want to go back to just having a traditional drop-back quarterback. If that's the case, it's Mac Jones more than likely. But if he goes, you know what, I loved it, and injuries just caught up to us, and I think I can expand our playbook even more, well, then Justin Fields and Trey Lance become much more into the conversation. What The 49ers gave up a bunch to go up from 12 to 3. Yeah. What are they going to do at three? A lot of names, you know, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Me personally, yeah. you know how I feel about Mac Jones. Yeah. What, what are they going to do at three? Yeah, I still think it's going to be Mac Jones. The only reason it won't be Mac Jones takes me back to two years ago in the Super Bowl. And if you think of that third and 15 play by Patrick Mahomes, that three-jet chip wasp where he hits that long bomb to Tyreek Hill, that's a good play call. It's not a great play call. It's not this incredible design, but it's a good play call. And – Patrick Mahomes, just as the player, makes it a great play call. He goes above the X's and O's. And then five minutes later in that game, Kyle Shanahan calls a great play. The ball to Emmanuel Sanders down the middle of the field. It's a great play call. It's the perfect play call against the, the, the perfect coverage. And his guy misses it. And I'd, be, I'd have to imagine sitting there as a coach going, I just watched their guy take a good play call and make it a great play. And my guy make a great play call and make it a bad play, an unsuccessful play. And if Kyle is kind of sick and tired of doing it himself, so to speak, like if he's tired of being the person to carry and he wants a quarterback to go above the X's and O's, I do think that it's going to be a Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And that's a big point, is making sure that we include Trey Lance into that conversation with the third pick. It's not just Mac versus Justin Fields in my mind. Dan, you know what? That's what I kind of want to follow up on. Outside of the obvious when you think about, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, out of the other three, who has the highest ceiling? Not where they are now, but who has the highest ceiling to potentially be? How do we miss that guy five years from now? Yeah, Bart, I'm always cautious with, like, the ceiling stuff, right? Because you know, where, who do they, where do they go? Who's their coach? Right. What's their talent level around them, right? So if, if we say all three of those guys go to the same spot, so to speak, and they all have the same type of coaching and same type of talent around them, out of Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones – I'd probably say Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields has got this talent level as a thrower. You know, Trey Lance has got, you know, a certain intriguing set of skill. But he also had moments in games where, like, they were called nine pass plays. You know, it is – I don't know what his high level of performance is going to be when a team that is across the sidelines against him is equally as talented, so to speak. I just haven't seen it a ton. I saw it a little bit against JMU, but I haven't seen a team, you know, him go, all right, we got, we got our defense got 35 hung on them, and we've run the ball for one yard of carry. I just got to go throw the ball up and down the field and our team to go win it. 
I've seen Justin Fields do that. And I've seen Justin Fields kind of develop and develop. He went to Georgia, and he, he, he couldn't beat out Jake Fromm because he wasn't a good enough passer. And all we've seen him do is kind of continue to elevate his game as a, as a quarterback, so to speak. And I think that there's a lot of untapped potential in all of them, but I would take Justin Fields. Very interesting. We'll find out all these answers in less than two weeks. The draft, April 29th, ESPN, ESPN Radio. That was Dan Orlovsky in the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. On the way, Lakers fans certainly driven to hang tight for the conclusion of the regular season because even though they lost to their arch rival last night at home with fans in the stands, all the fans left with a smile on their face because they got some big news after the game. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Philadelphia is technically in between uh, both of those two cities. This is an NBA edition of A to Z. Let's start with Joel Embiid stating his case to be the MVP. Did so on the Low Post podcast, coming off a 39.13 rebound performance and a big win over the Nets. They're angling to be the top seed in the East, and Embiid told Zach Lowe, I'm the top player in the league. First seed in the uh, in the East, you know, the numbers speak uh, for themselves. Uh, and we're not just talking about offensive, the offensive side of the basketball game. We're talking about, you know, the defensive side of the game, uh, which is if you actually go through, you know, all the numbers of, and stuff, some could say I could be deserving of, you know, being the defensive player of the year. So when you add, you know, both of them, as far as, you know, the offensive side of the game and the defensive part of it and you mix it in um, with being the number one seed. I don't know what more could you ask. They asked him to stay healthy. <laughs> they asked him to lose some weight. And they asked him to be the dominating player everybody said he could be. He's got a new head coach who knows how to get the most out of big time players. I think he makes a real compelling case. Yeah, but why is he campaigning it right now during the season, man? <laughs> it's usually after the season you comment on whether you got the award or didn't get the award. Not doing the season, you trying to jockey for position. That's just weird to me. I'm like, well, why is he putting out there he wants to be the MVP and all the other stuff? I mean, he's always been an open book. Just look at his track record, right? He's been openly campaigning to be defensive player of the year. That's something that he said he wanted to be. You know, he said he wanted to date Rihanna. She said, go to an all-star game. He did it. Now he said he's over her. You know, but you look, you look at it. <laughs> but, you, but, you, but you look at it, right? And he can make a case, you know, I think, you know, the time that he lost maybe put him back behind. But because Harden is hurt, because you look at LeBron being out, I think his main, main competition is Jokic. Because Jokic averaging 26, 10, and 8, almost 9, is, 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 is no, impressive too. And listen, it's great that we're talking about big men in a guard-driven sport about MVP. And they don't, you know, they have to get the ball given to them. They, they you know, they can't facilitate themselves. He, 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 he's deserving of it, but it's just funny to hear him 
talk about it yeah, during man. the season. I want Jokic to come out and speak on himself too. Like, yo, I'm the like best. Like I never heard Steph game, Curry baby. or LeBron or Harden talk about. Come on, LeBron. LeBron do it post indirect. He do it indirect. But I never. He have his little team start. He have his team and his media people it start ain't pushing. It's stuff. not coming yeah, out of his yeah, mouth. Yeah, but but it's it's coming from it's his. It's not coming out of his mouth he though. That. Everybody don't have a production company, man, to kind of put these subliminal messages out there. Got to have that Spring Hill Entertainment. Give him the pop there for his production company. So we know the deal. Embiid can't stay healthy. Uh, Bart mentioned it. Giannis is currently banged up. One of a constellation of stars right now that's banged up in the NBA. But one of the guys coming off the banged up list is Anthony Davis. Cleared for full contact practice. Could be back next week. Vogel said they actually got a big matchup this weekend, a couple games against uh, Utah. Obviously, at full strength, it would have been such a bigger deal. But he says next week, it's possible. AD is back off the calf strain. LeBron back from the ankle. So your Lakers are getting closer to being fully constituted with the playoffs about a month away. We just need to get in, right? That's all we need. We need to stay healthy and get in. I think when you get these two big guns back and we continue to just keep doing what we're doing, hey, Anytime you lose two of the top five players in the NBA, you're going to have a major drop-off, and we all know that. And as long as we just holding it above water, we'll be fine. I'm, I'm concerned, Key. You know, I'm concerned because we know about lower extremity injuries. They don't actually get healthy during the season. I know he rested and, took, and, and did his due diligence, and they made sure that they don't want to have the same thing happen to him that happened to Kevin Durant. But you're going to have to get productivity from, from Drummond to make sure that you keep AD minutes down. You don't want him to be putting too much stress on that because if that thing goes, then so goes their chances. Drummond, the is our, Drummond is our five. AD slides back to the four, and then when we need him to go to the five, he can go to the five because he really doesn't even want to play the five so we're good man don't worry about us all right keep trying to get the detroit pistons going listen we got three titles in our in our in our history and we ain't tripping and speaking of detroit andre drummond formerly of the pistons i still just don't think there has been enough written and said about that addition he's an automatic double he's a walking double double (laughs) out of late he can't get 10 points to save his life but i just think this is this is an addition that i think is not being talked about the way it should. I think it paid big dividends for the Lakers. On, yeah. the Lakers. on the Lakers tip, the Lakers did fall to the Celtics on yeah. Thursday night yeah. in the first game with fans back in the crowd. Jalen Brown scored 40, actually scored four points in the final minute. The Lakers tried to make a furious rally. So Jalen became the first Boston player, listen to this, with at least 40 points on 85% from the field in a game in franchise history. And as I recall, there have been <laughs> several good players that have worn that Celtics uniform. Yeah. Way to protect the paint, uh, Drummond. <laughs> He's doing his great man, job. Man, stop hating, man. You are, you, you're one of the biggest haters in sports, man. Hey, man. Stop. Hate my gums because they're black. <laughs> Brown's overnight delivery brought to you by USPS. Business is changing and USPS is changing with it. Find out how at USPS.com slash new roots. The United States Postal Service priority you. Let's get to some calls. Melissa in Michigan, what's on your mind this morning? Hey, um, I was just talking about the fact that I think if Tiger Woods had not had all his back injuries, and I'm not talking about the car crash necessarily, but uh, back injuries and then also, you know, all his sort of mental injuries that he's had over the years, I think, you know, as much as he was like an amazing, amazing player, I think probably he could have done more and won a lot more tournaments. No doubt about it. We're asking this morning on LaMarcus Aldridge's retirement, who's the ultimate what if? And I think Melissa hit it with Tiger Woods. It's hard to come up with a better one. Yeah, Tiger shouldn't be hanging around Charles Barkley, man. That's what messed him up. Trey in Wisconsin, you get the final word here. Yo, first off, I just want to say I'm a huge fan. I listen every morning. Thank you. Zubin. Yeah, Zubin is 
it's great to have you back, man. Glad you're healthy. Glad you took care of yourself. Um, from there, um, you know, being from Wisconsin, I'm a little biased, but this goes back to the injured players. Sterling Sharp was the one that came up earlier, but uh, Nick Collins is another one. Great player. Should have been a Hall of Famer. He stayed healthy. So, Great point. Great point. Collins Sharp will continue to take your calls all morning long. Back with this from Dr. J. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.